P-A-R-T-Y-M-O-M. It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Brather Show here in the Mothership Studio 22. The man, the myth, the legend. He's really not a myth. He's sitting right over there, the puppet master himself, Mark, driving this starship into Hello. the ether. That's right. Into yeah, the did, ether. Did, yeah. Into the ether. I don't even know if that's the... That that's kind of where we live. Just kind of out there yeah. in in the ethereal space of 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 mental prowess and ignorance somewhere mm-hmm. between them you know what i'm saying somewhere like between somewhere ignorance between. and mental prowess yeah i tend to lean toward one area in particular though yeah i've given you an i've got a new nickname for keith mm. keith keith malinak sitting here in the hot seat we're going to go over the news and topics that matter in your life today on this episode keith mm. from now on when you're here yes, you are sir. special keith Special Keith. <laughs> I like it. You I are like special it. Keith. I'll take it. We were talking about it yesterday. I was like, what am I going to call Keith? After watching that episode the other day with, with you in here with Jade on, that was a fun. That was fun. Fun episode. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it, it was. I loved watching you uh, slip into the depths of inebriation. It was fun. It was great to watch that happen. There's a process to it. Cheers. Party time, Mom. Stay mm-hmm. horned. And so it was, it was good having you over there. So. Anyway, going to hang out with us. I want to talk to you about a couple of things. And then, of course, Party Foul Steve. Hey. Sitting over there in a Steve Helms Band t-shirt. Does he pay you to rip him like that? No. He I should. Actually, this was one that I found in the trash can <laughs> here in the studio. And I'm like, this is a good shirt. So oh. I can turn it inside out if I need to. I'm yeah. not even worried. Yeah. He'll, he'll watch this episode and he'll be wanting me to take him to lunch tomorrow. Steve Helms Band. <laughs> he just got back from Mexico. So he was he on vacation. Vacations. He does. He does it like six times a year. Yeah. It's crazy. And Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. Candice didn't want to be on camera today, but I said no. I know. Just no. I'm actually upset with her. You can't. Why? Because I'm supposed to be sitting over there. What no, are you no, upset? You're here, I'm going to be in the hot seat. You're in the hot I was seat. told there was free drink. You tricked me. Set the trap, and now I'm well, in the hot you got seat. the free drink. But yeah. at, at some point in time, you got to pay the piper, mm-hmm. baby. And the and trap worked perfectly. That's right. The snap. There it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I want to talk to you guys about a few different things. First thing I want to tell you, though, go to watchchad.com. i got a big announcement that's going to be coming up here pretty soon. Uh, just probably in the next week and a half, I've got a big thing when it comes to what we're doing with live shows and tour dates and things like that. You can still find the dates that are available. We're going to be all the way across the country. We're going to be Ogden, Utah. Then we've got a show in Missoula, Montana coming up in August, uh, August 13th, I think, Steve, or 12th. One or the other. Go to watchchad.com find out we're having a big time so we've kind of taken a two-week break from from the road uh which has been nice for the summer and listen it's we're ready to get back on the road we're gonna be looking forward to that so big shows coming but big announcements coming we also have a brand new merch merchandise some guy i said merch the other day and guys like is that the lazy word for saying merchandise <laughs> yeah whatever and that's the hip and cool hip, way yeah. you know if you live out on the road man i'm selling merch Selling merch. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, we've got a new merchandise site that's coming out. Should be launched this week. And looking forward to that. We've got some fun new designs. We're going to have one shirt has Studio 22 on it. It's going to have uh, Silent Herbert, which Silent Herbert hasn't been on set for a little while. But, you know, si- Herbert the Silent Deer. Uh, we're going to have to figure out a way to bring Herbert back. Too many people yeah. miss Herbert. Yeah. They miss Herbert. Find him. 
Yeah. Her, Herbert's out just outside the door there of Studio 22, but we got some some of that. We got some Party Time Mom shirts. We've got all kind of fun stuff. We got whole Party Foul shirts coming out. They're going to be on there. It's going to be fun. It'll so. be nice ones you can, you know, wear in front of your mom. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be some sweet ones that your mom doesn't have to guess what the letters stand for. So go do, go, go, go check it out. Go check it out and uh, hang out. Also, sub, subscribe to blazetv.com slash humor. Use promo code Chad. Get the first month free. And you get... Uh, the whole year, a whole lot cheaper if you use that if you use that promo code. So, anyway, what did y'all talk about on Pat Great on Pat Unleashed this morning? Did, anything exciting, or were y'all just doing morning radio? That's um, Baltimore, Baltimore. Let's mm-hmm. talk about Baltimore a little bit. Okay. So, did you find so President Trump tweets out this thing that says, "Okay, the place is crap." It's not a surprise to anybody. Everybody knows Baltimore's crap. I had friends that I used to do business with. They were both graduates at the University of Maryland. They used to tell me, they said, when you go to freshman orientation at the University of Maryland, they will tell you that if you live near Baltimore, you will be mugged at some point in time in your four years at this school. You will be mugged. (laughs) It's in their orientation. They told them how to prep for it, how to deal with it when it happened. But they said... You will be mugged if you walk on the streets anywhere around Baltimore in the four years. Now, is that racist to say that, or is that just a sheer fact that statistics and numbers say this is going to happen to you? Okay, well, first of all, Baltimore has, I think he's an assistant police commissioner who just started in April, moved from New Orleans. He was going to go clean up Baltimore. Uh, He and his wife were mugged last week. (laughs) (laughs) And so welcome to... Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so this is, uh, it's absolutely funny, but based, not in, funny, it's but it's based funny. in fact. Yeah. And, um, and I think this whole um, explosion over Trump's tweet, come on. He said it's rat infested, which it absolutely is. The mayors before him have said it. Bernie Sanders has called it a third world. It more it represents a third world nation. Yeah. Um, he said, Bernie went on to say that the life expectancy in Baltimore is lower than third world countries. I saw that today in North yeah. Korea. Yeah, yeah. North I, Korea. Exactly. <laughs> so it's not like Trump is unique in his observations of fact in Baltimore. It's just the fact that he's Trump, and therefore anything he says is going to be made into something that it's not. Yeah. So so you look at this. Now, Elijah Cummins, I'm not a fan of him. I mean, come on. The guy's been in office, what, 23 years? Something like that representing Mm -hmm. that district 23 years. He's done nothing to clean the place up. In fact, he's become a millionaire. I don't understand. I'm going to have to go into public office. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm thinking that's my retirement plan is I got to go into public office just so I can do nothing to represent people and uh, make a million dollars somehow. I don't understand how that works. Absolutely. And, And it's not like Trump just picked on Elijah Cummings out of the blue. Elijah Cummings has spent the last several weeks with these congressional hearings with Border Patrol agents. Um, saying how, you know, America's better than this, the way we're treating these immigrants. Children are sitting in their own feces. And so Trump's like, you know what? Look at your own district, man. And first of all, it's not true, his observations of the Border Patrol, um, the facilities. I mean, there was just a thing we played on Pat's show today where um, they get leisure time. They get two to three hours. I love how the guy was like, yeah, they get two to three hours uh, uh, rec time outside to play soccer and maybe more if, if their scheduling allows. They have Xbox access. Yeah. They play cornhole. They, 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 they have recreational facilities. These are nice places that they're hanging out in. Yeah. And, and there are also places they don't have to be. 
You think? <laughs> yeah, it's not like they were. We invaded their country, captured them, dragged them back to America, yeah. and said, "Now you're going to play the Xbox and air yeah. conditioning." <laughs> See, my my tweet popped back up to the surface from a couple of weeks ago, where I said. Uh, it's not a concentration camp if you can avoid it by just walking the other direction. So, right. so that is is the truth. They don't have to be there. And that was the point of Trump's tweet because Elijah Cummings, of course, was blasting him on that. And then he said, look, these people have it better than the folks living in squalor in West Baltimore in your district. And it is. It's a trash hole. They did, they did a whole documentary on the rats of Baltimore. <laughs> They did a whole documentary on the rat problem. Wow. They're saying there's so many rats. And I don't understand how this happens, but I read a headline that said there's there's so many rats that they're actually causing streets to collapse because they're digging under them. I mean, it's, oh. it's, they're digging under there. They're creating they're, – they're undermining the entire city. Yeah. And in fact, when Pat lived there, he talked about on his show this morning, this was over 20 years ago he lived there. And he said at that time they were saying that the uh, rat to human ratio was 20 million to 2 million. So it was 10 to 1. The rats were outnumbering them then. Who knows what it is now? And these are some monster rats. They were walking down. He said he and Glenn were walking down this alleyway between these two buildings. Um, they were looking for some place. And there were signs warning about the rats and every, you know, the rat infestation, blah, blah, blah. And he said the people had driven through this alleyway and there were crushed, smushed rats everywhere because that was how terrible it is there. It's absolutely fair. It's absolutely accurate to call it a rat infested hole it is. in the city. Listen, I have been in multiple, many, many third world countries and spent extended periods of time in these third world countries. And I would rather go there. I would rather go there than to Baltimore. I mean, honestly, Baltimore. And, and let's let's name it off here because you've got my friend Jeff Foxworthy. As we all, you know, everybody knows Jeff Foxworthy. He's got, and I stole it and I put it on a tweet this weekend where he said, if, if you go twenty miles out of any big city, you're in a red state. And that's basically the truth yeah. because these big – nobody says, I want to live in the big city. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get out of the city. Yeah. If, you, if you're if you young and single and you're trying to do that and you want to be – okay, so maybe you want to do urban living. Nobody wants to live in the inner city. These big cities, I don't care which one you name, they're all run by Democrats. And have been. So, so this lady tried to come back and said – she said, well, Baltimore has problems, but you know what? So does Houston, and so does Detroit, and so does Los Angeles, <laughs> and so does San Francisco. And it's like, yeah, no shit, They're all run by Democrats, every single one of them. Yep. Yep, and that and have been for generations. Yeah, um, Chicago, Detroit, you name it. Um, they all have very similar problems, and they have terrible crime. And it's and it's places where progressive policies have become a way of life. Yeah, and it's a way of social engineering that has failed. And it's time these places wake up and 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 change the direction of their communities. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. I mean, living in the suburbs and even beyond now is so worth it. The, the commute is so 100%. Worth it. You know, and you've got uh, Okay, Trump doubled down and this this is airing on a Tuesday night. So yesterday morning, uh Monday morning, Trump doubled down when Al Sharpton posted a picture in the D.C. airport. I don't know if he was at Reagan or Dulles. I'm, uh, who knows? Probably whatever. And so he's on the escalator, mm-hmm. and he says, came in. I'm tired. I came in from Atlanta. I'm headed to Baltimore, yep. going through D.C. And, you know, but I, the, the, I got to be there, right? Got to do it. Duty calls, basically. Yeah. And, of course, Trump tweeted, and, and I'm like, 
trumpet. So I'm like, could you ever just back off one no, time? No, he cannot. He can't. Like, he can't. like, like, why do you love this undue pressure? Of doing I, that. I call them unforced errors. Yeah. If he would just sit back, literally, if he would take his phone and set it aside for one calendar month and just let the left destroy themselves and do his work for him, yeah. he would be in so much better position. But instead, he has to always push back. But that, again, is what got him elected in the first place. It's what got him elected. And, you know, I read it this. I read it in, when, he, when it came out. And I was like, oh, come on, dude. Just let it go for a minute. <laughs> you know, because you, you're going to talk about how Sharpton hates the police and hates whites. And, you know, we used to go to the He hates boxing. taxes. We used to go, yeah, he hadn't paid the taxes <laughs> yes, either. Was that $4 million or something? But he, he says, uh, you know, we used to go to the boxing matches together with Don King. And he loved Trump. You know, I love when he talks about himself in the yeah, third yeah. person. You know, he loved Trump. And so, I, anyway. And now, now I think the tweet today says, he didn't say he hates, he just says hates white people. Yeah. And um, now yeah. we've got round two of this fun. Yeah, here you go. But apparently he loves it, and you're right, that's what got him elected, because people are tired of the BS. They they want to get through the smoke and mirrors, and they want to deal with this stuff. But you take, uh, so I tweeted, I tweeted something over the weekend, I said, I said, you don't have to worry about Baltimore. It's only got 10 more years because the people who live in the community of West Baltimore will be displaced by illegal Hispanics moving in <laughs> if things continue the way the Democrats want them. And so uh, and Elijah Cummins won't have a job he, he'll, if he's not dead already. I mean, the guy's what? He's sure. been there for 250 years. Right. So <laughs> he, he's you know, if he's not taking a dirt nap, he's going to be displaced anyway yeah. because he's going to be overrun. Because the, another thing that I tweeted and is so true is if you look at the left, the left is so pandering to illegals right now, so pandering to illegals. They know that the black vote is on the plantation, so to speak. They don't have to worry about them. They've got those reeled in. They've already stolen their minds. They've already stolen their votes because of the of the handouts, the welfare states, the things that they've promised, the things that they don't deliver on. And they don't deliver on them because if they did, then it wouldn't continue to be in a welfare state. Right. You're not getting richer by being ruled by the left. You're going further into squalor. They've already captured your mind. And I had this lady said, oh, well, please tell me a white man's opinion. I said, well, I'm doing that. <laughs> I said, you know, you don't have to throw. Don't don't try to put out the fire by throwing water on the smoke alarm. I'm just the messenger. I'm just telling you that they're so focused on illegals that illegals are going to displace you in terms of who's getting what. When it comes to government promises and fulfillment, it's going to all go to Hispanics in the Hispanic community because they've already captured you. Yeah, and and this, you're in the boat, right? This this was by design too to capture this base. This is part of the grand design that progressives have been going toward for a century, and um, with with the Great Society in the '60s, um, they absolutely replaced the father in yeah. black homes, right? And they told black families, black women. Hey, look, you know what? We will be your father figure in your family, and we will take care of you. And that's what has happened. And so these communities have come to depend on the government, and like you said, they have not delivered. They've only perpetuated these problems and made them worse. Yeah. And uh, it's just – it's tragic, and it's yeah. so avoidable. But government gets involved, and a mess is made, and then they try to handle it, and it just spirals. Yeah, and I'm giving rough statistics here when I say that in 1965, 25% of black homes had a father in them. Today, 75 to 80 percent of black homes don't have a father in them. And look at that. So you're exactly right. They promised him something that, that we don't need 
a father in this household. And that's going, and, and I know, look, and everybody wants to balk at it and say, oh, look at these white guys who are talking about the black community, stuff like that. Why not? You're an American. I'm an American. This is an American community. It concerns me. If we're going to share this space together, it's my issue, too. It doesn't matter about the color of my skin. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. We're Americans. We share this space. What happens in your community affects me, too. What happens in my community affects you. If it doesn't, then quit about it because quit telling me that the white man's holding you down. Why are you telling me that if my community, if my community doesn't affect you? It we're symbiotic in this thing together. It doesn't matter about it doesn't the melanin, you know, it doesn't matter the skin color. Yeah, we can care about people that don't look like us and just because we point out the problems that are causing their issues in their community doesn't make us racist by default. Right. It means that we care and we're taking the time to point out what is happening. Well, when I did that tweet about about the black community is going to be harmed by this focus on illegal Hispanics coming in, people were saying, oh, well, you're a white man. You can't. And I just said, prove me wrong. Just prove me wrong. Oh, no, we want to hear what your opinion is. Well, I just gave you my opinion. Oh, please. We you. Why are you deflecting? Tell us what. And I said, I'm asking you to prove me wrong. Nobody would do that. And so finally, I said, look, when you have 50 percent, 55 percent of the African-American population being depleted by abortion and 80 percent of all Planned Parenthood facilities are within a walking distance of an urban community. It is a genocidal act on the side of the left to keep you down. It is 100 percent. Another thing done by design. Yeah. Put Planned Parenthood in the urban centers. Exactly right. And that was that was the goal of Margaret Sanger from the beginning. Yeah. Is to eliminate the black population. Exactly. It's a whole eugenics program. And I, and so I told, you know, this one particular girl, I said, look, I'm I she's like, oh, well, like you have anything. I said, well, I spent 20 years in West Africa. So I sort of understand <laughs> If you want to talk about race, are we talking about race or are we talking about culture? Because race is one thing. They're black, too. Okay. But we're talking about culture, ultimately, because West African culture, Nigerian culture is different from Philadelphia culture, inner city culture. Right. Okay. Yep. So, so if we're talking about culture, it may be that I care. And that's why we're talking about this <laughs> deal. So, so, again, you do what you want to do. But if you stay on this path. The way you're going. Now, is Trump some guy that you're going to hold up as some paragon example and say, wow, man, we really want to emulate this man and his values and his, you know, no, no. But I got to admit, you look at the numbers. He's done a hell of a lot for the black community. Right, right. And I think it was uh, I think it was Greg Gutfeld who Gutfeld, made this. Yeah. yeah, he made a great point with that tweet. Whereas, Might be the tweet of the year. Yeah, right. He what, what did he say? He said he's he's about to execute, execute a white supremacist. Execute a white supremacist. Uh, he's trying to get a black rapper out of jail in Sweden. Yep. Um, he's done so much for the black community with unemployment rates and um, what were some other points he made? Just anyway, if he's a racist, he's doing it. He's he doing a terrible job. He sucks at it. He, he sucks, sucks at it. Sucks at being a racist. He's helping the uh, the black community at every turn. Yeah. Um, and and. This is the thing that Trump is doing that so many previous presidents and the frustration is GOP presidents have failed to do. And it's point out the obvious. Yeah, that's all he did with Elijah Cummings tweets. It's stuff that you and I have been saying for years. Bush didn't tweet that Bush. You know, he didn't say Stay anything safe. like that. Nobody said anything before that. Um, no, you're exactly he's right. Pointing out a fact and it gets a conversation started and maybe we can put a, a, a microscope on Elijah Cummings district and poor black communities and say, hey, focus on your own neighborhoods instead of worrying about kids at the border. Yeah.
Candace, Steve, thoughts? Anything? I'm still trying to figure out the rat problem solution. <laughs> I'm like, you get, you load up a bunch of our guys with some uh, AR-15s. We'll let I us, just need 22 let us go rifles. The, yeah, 22s. That's fine. You know, just let they, they do that do down it. around New Orleans. Or, you know, what about but, rat poison? You can buy it on Amazon. I just looked it up. It's like, yeah. buy it bulk, you know? Oh, buy bulk. It's, but you don't buy bulk. Like a city contract. You, yeah, get a city, yeah just, you just dump that stuff out and let the what rats are the, have What it. are those little animals or those little rodent animals that dig into the levees around New Orleans? They're called... Um, Nutri rats? No. Uh-huh. Sort of. But they're... Yeah. Nutri, nutri, whatever. Anyway, there's another name for them. Anyway, but that's what they do. They ride around at night and shine the lights on the levees and just pop them with 22 rifles. Oh, I like that game. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's fun. That sounds like. Candy. And I learned that because they had uh, Steven Seagal. They did this thing where they would take Steven Seagal out and he would go around with cops because he's a he's he's sheriff. a cop or, or sheriff or whatever somewhere in Louisiana. Uh-huh. They made him an honorary deal, so he'd go out and they did a whole documentary show or a, oh, a reality show. Field trip to New Orleans. Levies, man. <laughs> I like that game. What, Candace? There might be a lot of volunteers from Texas who'd be willing to go shoot rats and like oh, yeah. rodents. Except they have gun control issues up there, so never mind. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's why they have a rat problem is because <laughs> their gun controls. So tight. I had a family member who worked like in the DC Baltimore area and like they advised them not to go into Baltimore. They're like, There's nothing you need to see, don't leave your car there. Like your car will not have anything left on it. What are you gonna do? You get back. So God forbid you take the wrong exit traveling through there. I mean, God forbid. And you don't know where you are. You get lost and you get turned around. Uh, and, and, I, I've been there. Actually, yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting here looking at these things going, this is not, it's not at no time. <laughs> it's like years ago. I like yeah. to tell the story. Years ago, I had to go down to El Paso, right? I've normally got the cowboy hat with me and I'm wearing this white straw hat. I go down there. I rent a car from whatever rental car company. You know what they gave me? They tossed me the keys to a Crown Vic, a black Crown Vic. I didn't know you could rent that. Awesome. And so now here I am in El Paso driving around in a black oh, man. Crown Vic. Pimping. Cowboy hat on and the whole thing. You want to talk about heads turning? <laughs> there were neighborhoods I was like, I ain't going in there because they immediately Ranger. thought, they immediately <laughs> thought, you know. Sounds like somebody drove that from the uh, rental agency <laughs> yeah. in Baltimore. Only in El Paso, Paso, Texas. <laughs> Only in El Paso. In fact, it makes me nervous. I'm going to take that hat off right now. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me nervous. But let's go back to that because it's a headline that came in the, this weekend talked about the GOP as mastered being the party of nothing. And they were compared to the George Costanza Seinfeld episode wherever they were pitching their sitcom. And they were like, you know, George kept saying, it's not about anything. It's not about anything. And I want to read some of this and get your thoughts on it because this is this is I'm going to read some of it. it says this is reality. It says, you know, people and laughed and laughed when Jerry Seinfeld and the crew uh, mul- became multimillionaires over a show that was doing nothing. And uh, said he was the Russian, ne- Russian nesting doll of nothing. Open one up and <laughs> endlessly more nothing. Mm-hmm. You could count on that just like you can count on the GOP for absolutely nothing. And I and I agree with this wholeheartedly. I've been saying this for a long, long time. We call ourselves conservatives. We haven't conserved anything. We haven't. It's just expanded, expanded, expanded. Mm-hmm. It says nothing sells. 
Nothing is selling like hotcakes in the Republican Party's Trump reboot. Sure, I know you've been told that it's a racism or fascism or sexism that is captain of the ship, but those falsehoods only add to the allure of the nothingism that's really flying off the shelf. You feel compelled to defend whatever the nothing is so that you can do your part to defeat those who make such claims. You'll make navel-gazing great again. Now listen to this. Just ask Mitch McConnell how this all works. He's secret handshaking himself around Washington, D.C. right now with a literal sales pitch that no Republican president has ever voted out of office for spending too much money. Yes, the Senate leader of the party of smaller government and fiscal responsibility said that. Rush Limbaugh called Trump a genius for believing McConnell and cutting the kind of deal, quote-unquote, that Trump himself said he would never cut again several budgets ago. That's some beautiful nothing right there to add to an endless harmony of nothing. Overturn Obamacare? Nothing. Build the wall and secure the border? Nothing. Do fun Planned Parenthood? Nothing. The GOP is a masterpiece of nothing. I've said this for a long time. I said, you know, they were so expectant. You know, Paul Ryan and the Republicans were so expecting Hillary Clinton to be president that in eight years of Obama, they knew Obamacare was coming. They knew the ACA was going to happen. But in eight years, they had zero plan because they fully expected to lose the 2016 election. So that's the deal. And this goes on to say, get the right audience, though, and you're set for life with that act because nothing is better than Hillary, right? Nothing is just whatever the doctor ordered, even if you ordered conservatism instead. This is no time to quibble about small details like that. Just shut up. Enjoy your nothing. Otherwise, you'll get nothing and have to settle for that. So it's true. I mean, how does that strike you? I mean, because I, I just don't see Republicans. They're the same they're two sides of the same coin when you look at Republicans. We've we've always looked at politicians and turned our nose up. Yeah, the, there are so many cases. This budget is is a case in point. Um, this this terrible budget that is passing right now. Um, they're the difference between vanilla and French vanilla in yeah. so many ways. And um, I That's saw racist. something. Oh yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> I guess guilty. Um, the uh, the deficit it has grown fifteen percent. Uh, let's see, under under Obama it was growing at eleven percent a year, and under Trump it's growing at fifteen percent. Yeah, and he had two years of a Republican House to go along with him to get all of this stuff done that you just mentioned from the article. Mm -hmm. Whether it was the wall, whether it was Obamacare. Thank you, John McCain, on that thumbs down vote. Yep. Um, Planned Parenthood funding. All this stuff you give total power after they've been screaming for years. Well, we just have, you know, uh, first of all, they didn't have anything, okay? Then, well, now we're just the House. We're just one-third, uh, one-half of one-third of the government. All right, well, then we give you the House and the Senate and the presidency. Well, I mean, you can't even get your own party on board with something as obvious as funding for Planned Parenthood and abortion. Um, there, There is such a need in this country for other options. It is not – this two-party system – is just I scratch your back and you scratch mine, and um, at the end of the day, these guys are friends. They're chums. Yeah. They're buddies. It's, it's it's the World Wrestling Federation, is what yes, it is. You exactly. beat the of each other yep. all night long, and then you go get in a limousine together and go to dinner. It, it's the same thing. You know, I love the fact that you go back to Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill, who could sit around and be, you know, abject enemies in the political scheme of things, but could still have conversations and. Talk about it. that. That was a form of diplomacy and reaching across the aisle, right? Yeah. These days, it's hey, this is a scam going on. Yes, and big and, time scam. And see, Trump. I never forget the Oval Office visit. You talk about how Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan got together, right? Uh, they could have a conversation. 
everybody knew knew that game. Everybody knew how to play it, whether it was in private or in public. They knew they were all wink, wink. We got this right. Yeah. The cameras are rolling now. Trump just blasted that entire setup there, mm-hmm. and he wa- he says he wants to drain the swamp and all this stuff, right? But he gets in there, and you see that even what is supposed to be a photo op cordial conversation between he, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer turned into this little, like, kindergarten squabble. Yeah. Remember this? You know, where they're in the Oval Office, and they're just, you know, sniping at each other. But I think what he has learned is that as brash and as bold as he can be, whether in a speech or on Twitter, at the end of the day, he has still got the GOP to deal with. Yeah. And nothing is getting done. Yeah. And and it's sad. It's such a wasted opportunity the way Obama wasted the opportunity to really solidify the races in this country under his presidency. Um, the GOP's missing out on the chance they they've already lost the house. Yeah, they they've missed out on a chance to get good conservative things done, and it's really sad. You know, Calvin Coolidge cut the budget by fifty percent. All right, yeah. um, Trump try as he might, he's not he's not trying to cut back on spending. Um, but there's a lot of good things that he has tried to do that his own party has stopped him at. Yeah. You got to figure out a way to. If you're going to be conservative, you got to learn how to conserve, and, and that's just it's. We're way beyond all that stuff. You know, what was it? Were we talking about that? That's about talking about going back to pre Woodrow Wilson days. You got to get back before, <laughs> like mm. because ever since then, I mean, it has just grown and grown and grown. It's become a malignant tumor. Yeah, I, I actually read in a history book once that before the Civil War, every federal employee could fit inside a large house. Yeah. I mean, that is fascinating to think that. Yeah. Um, and let me say this, by the way, to those of you who talk conservative but live liberal. What do I mean by that? You're using subsidized health care. You're using subsidized housing. You're using subsidized income. You're using wh- whether it's a welfare thing or whatever. Look, great, fantastic, fine. But I want you to understand if all of a sudden tomorrow government got small, you'd be screwed. Because we don't realize how dependent on the government we have become. We are suckling at the teat of socialism. It really does exist. It's here. And no social – and I still go back. Socialized programs, social programs are not socialism. But we are dangerously close to that because if you pulled the tit out of our mouth real quick, it would be rough. It would be rough for a lot of us. A lot of withdrawal going on there. A lot going on. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of liberals – that talk liberal, live conservative. Go out to Hollywood. Find find your average millionaire celebrity out there or person, you know, executive, you know, that works for some studio out there that's hauling in millions. They may talk liberal. They may F Trump all day long. But I'll tell you what, they're living conservative, including gated communities, yep. including armed guards, including <laughs> alarm systems, including how they spend, how they handle their fiscal responsibility. I promise you. And they will look for tax breaks wherever they Everywhere can they can <laughs> They want look. every social program in the world funded. Anything you can think of, yes, 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 the government should be providing for that. But they look for the— Their portfolio for is yeah. loaded with offshore accounts <laughs> and Swiss banks. It's the truth, man. And so that's why I say it's one thing to talk it. you gotta, you got to live it. And we're not living it. Nobody's ever looked back throughout history. The point I made a little while ago, nobody's ever looked back and said, oh, we just really— Really love politicians, man. Politicians are just the, the icons of our culture, and we we hold them up as these ideals of of servant leadership. And oh, we just really appreciate politicians. No, we always we never trusted politicians. We've never. That's mm-hmm. part of the deal. 
You don't trust politicians. They make their promises. And then, and now what are we doing? We're dividing our country over debates over who lied the most and who has so much hate and all this stuff. They are politicians. And not only that, Donald Trump, for whatever he is, has a guy, is a guy who blew that whole thing up because i agree with you the two-party system sucks i used to think it made sense when i was a kid i was naive i was dumb i did these independents would come along and i'm like you're just screwing up the gop vote well maybe but maybe we need to break this thing down yeah i mean we used to have democrats and federalists and whigs and then abraham Abraham, lincoln comes along Abraham lincoln was a third party candidate exactly the third party (laughs) candidate and now look what you've got Mm -hmm. so Oh, it's frustrating, man. The GOP it's, is not accomplishing anything. It's maddening. And and what sucks is that as a voter, we're the we're the prey, okay? Politicians are built to divide and conquer us. And we fall into that trap over and over and over again. We don't have conversations with each other. We allow ourselves to be painted on one side. I'm going to be on the red team, you're going to be on the blue team. Yeah. And it's it's just it's so frustrating. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. And, and I think if I could say this right, it's profound. At least in my mind, it's profound. Oh, right. oh I can't okay. wait. Can I get to it's judge a profundity. You on this? Okay. So profundity, Steve. You know okay. what that means? Nope. Okay. I'm gonna find out. Here's right learn. the quality of rhetoric in our public discourse has so diminished itself that we have turned to our emotions in order to defend our convictions. We don't know how to use words anymore. The quality of our rhetoric has so diminished in our public discourse that we use emotions to defend our convictions. And that is that's one of those things right there where if we don't learn how to talk again. See, that's the thing. And I've said this a million times. Social media has made it where everybody has a voice. Everybody has a platform, whether they whether they should or not. Whether they're responsible or not, used to be we only kept the words for posterity from the kings and the priests and the poets and the prophets and the and the you know those guys, mm-hmm. the philosophers. We ha- with those words we kept. Their words were put in stone. These days, everybody's got a tablet to write <laughs> on, and it's there forever. We uh-huh. have a digital wall. There's no more cave paintings. There's no more hieroglyphics. We put it on a digital wall, and it'll never go away, and everybody's pouring out every bit of pablum. <laughs> They're all constitutional scholars. <laughs> They're all historians. That in itself and, and, is scary. And, and it's ridiculous. I mean, if, if somebody says the wrong thing on a podcast and they use the wrong word for something good god they'll spend 30 minutes arguing with each other i can't believe you said you it's a you got 16 bullets in a clip it's a magazine god dang it <laughs> shut up i like it i mean come on dude we're, we're just having fun using euphemisms get over yourself mm-hmm. with your i mean my god you scholarly experts get the stick out of your ass and have a little fun breathe people <laughs> but and and by the way, that is my quality discourse rhetoric right there. Get the stick out of your ass. Yeah. How about Pro- that? Profundity. Profundity, Steve. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pull the profundity out of your butt. I, I, and, and I'm Party sorry down, if this sounds so nerdy because guilty, uh, that's me. Uh, it would be just nice if we could just, uh, between the sides on whatever issue, just argue the merits of what it says in the Constitution. Oh, yeah, you know what? Well, the constitutional authority for this is, oh, yeah, well, I read it differently, this. And leave it at that instead leave of, that. Instead of, well, you must want kids to die. Okay, no, <laughs> what the hell? No. And and it's just you can't even have a conversation with anybody no. that there, people let's, have let's, been. Let's keep talking. We've Keith. been conditioned 
to A, hate the other side, and B, have no intellectual backing to, like you said, our emotions, okay? And so I, I think there's one one girl on Twitter last week. Um, I, I, I forgot what she said. I, uh, I don't know. But I went to her tweets, and she had just made previous arguments with people. Oh, look at this. A white this and a white that, making decisions about this. And it's just like, seriously... Can you please just have a conversation about what we're talking about instead of always dragging some ancillary issue that does not matter into what we're having a conversation about, or at least trying to? So what this guy there? tweeted uh, the other day, and I won't say his name. He's he's a movie guy. He's a Hollywood guy. And, uh, oh, well, interestingly enough, his account is now unavailable because it's been suspended oh look wait, at that from hollywood look, got look, suspended look at that tweet justice right there oh my look gosh. at jack showing up with we, a little twitter we justice found the one leftist that's been blocked <laughs> by jack live this is breaking news this is, look at there it's the count is temporarily unavailable okay. well, what was he saying oh now you can wow. tell us who it is i love it dude we need to write a story on look this. at that it's Dave Vescio. 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 Oh, I wish we had gone for a little. He calls himself a cult movie icon. Too bad we didn't go with a bigger name, Jack, but we'll get it's a start. It's a start. <laughs> I mean, that's no <laughs> Melissa Alano, Alyssa Milano, or whatever yeah. freaking name is. Did you see that little blubbering Where she moron was crying? crying about. Uh, fill in the blank. The, the, the uh, Alyssa Milano blubbering on video about the death penalty being instituted. And, oh my God. Talking about you're no. going to kill actual people. Abortion is, is theoretical people. <laughs> it wasn't a very good act, though. It was kind of poor. She's everything about her as an act. Yeah. So anyway, he made this post that was pretty insulting about you know f you guys and all this stuff of course it's always got to have f you but it said you know the that white america needs to give back its land that it stole from conquered people native americans and so i just said you know i'm waiting on dave to give his house and property to a native american family yeah you first go yeah i mean i'm sure i'm sure there's some people out there and of course you got the people you know chad you're a dumbass and you're no no i'm just it's pretty logical then this guy who loves to troll me and i rarely block people on twitter until you just get so annoying i'm like oh come on Mm -hmm. dude let me just end your man crush right here okay (laughs) like like it's not that i'm conceding anything i'm just sick of like i don't want to i don't i don't need those alerts anymore this is stupid i'm good this guy says, and us dim slash libs are waiting on conservative white people to give us your houses to billionaires and Wall Street because you think the only way to be a capitalist nation is for the 1% to have all the nation's wealth. And I'm like, what the hell does that got to do with anything? Like, what, what are we talking about now? Again, we can't have a conversation. Exactly. We cannot have a And so then it goes off on this rabbit trail. Well, I'd rather be a capitalist than a communist, earn stuff instead of demanding stuff. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, what are we even talking about at this point? It is ridiculous. I mean, in this stuff, and the insults just go on and on and on. Because I've said over and over again, our founding fathers started this country with this idea that we could have a a debate and discourse and come back to this incredible document called the U.S. Constitution and say, okay, I interpret it this way. Well, I interpret it that way. That's why you have denominations of churches. Because, come here, Willie. Oh, no. Whoa. That's why you have church denominations, because people have different interpretations of the Bible. Right. That doesn't mean those churches can't get along. But at the end of the day, yeah. 
ironically, it kind of actually fits with this. At the end of the day, all of these churches believed in God, right? Yeah. And now if you can't agree, we can't agree that the Constitution is there to protect God-given rights, right? Right. So so now, now we've got uh, many in this country who think that the rights actually come from the government. Yeah. And so that, that presents quite a large obstacle from the beginning of trying to have a conversation. Okay, mm-hmm. well, now you think the government does. Okay. And then you just try to find common ground where you can. And we've run, we have forced ourselves into a corner where we have eliminated places where we can agree on things to the point where now we're just at each other's throats. Oh, yeah, well, you're a racist. Wait, what? What are we even talking about race? Come here, Sean. Come here, Sean. Come oh, up no. here. Come okay, up here. so. Uh, Come up here. Hi. Turn, uh, there's a down. black man on, sit, sit on, down over on here. set. What's happening? Sit down over here. <laughs> wow, Watch Keith. Out. What do you mean, wow? He's Chinese, Jamaican. No, he's black. He, he, blig, he bliggity black. <laughs> I like this shirt. I like that shirt. Why do you keep bringing shirts that I like and I can't get? Is that seventeen ninety one or Levi's? That's Levi's. I can get one of those. Look at him. You need to lose one more button, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got a lot going on under there. <laughs> you grew up in New York. Yes, sir. Oh, did you really? Oh, in in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's use this as an example. Now, Rudy Giuliani. Did you have an opinion about him when he was mayor? Yeah, I hated to stop and frisk. Yeah, he did stop and frisk. Mm-hmm. That I can appreciate. Me too. But he did he did clean up. Oh, yeah, he got rid of a lot of drug dealers. The city. He cleaned the city up. It, Times Square, you could walk down there without stepping over homeless people or dead people or whatever. Human, bars, nudie, human feces. And stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And now Bill de Blasio's come back in there, and it's headed right back down to where it was in the early 80s. Have you noticed that? Do people in New York feel that way? Well, I know. I mean, all my family's moving away from it. Yeah. Um, wow. Bloomberg did. So Giuliani cleaned it up. Bloomberg did turn it back into a business, which he was really smart to do. But he also priced out a lot of people. So a lot of people can't afford to live in New York anymore. De Blasio, I don't like. I'm not there right now, so I don't know what he's doing. I can see what he's doing, but like I said, my family's leaving, and I don't like him. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you got police departments that are coming out on Twitter with official statements saying we don't support you, I mean, that, you could do it something wrong. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's problematic. So, yeah. what I'm the point I'm getting to is this this Democratic run inner city problem it's not okay so you take bill de blasio that's a white guy all right we talk, we talk about elijah cummins we could talk about and then eric swalwell who's going to come out over the weekend he's going to blast trump about i'm like dude stay in your lane bro why don't you deal with your spot which is a dump in california right. why don't you and nancy pelosi i mean y'all going to deal with you know look at houston when's sheila jackson lee gonna get her shit together i mean this it, you know this is stop appropriating my culture sheila Right. Mm-hmm. It, it, Quit appropriate my cowboy there hat culture. It is. Yeah. See, Boom. You know, I just saw an article where you can rent a bunk bed. Rent a bunk bed in San Francisco in Nancy Pelosi world for seventeen hundred dollars uh, a month. Um, that is your that is your abode. It's, it's it's a bunk bed. And so, if you really care about people, and you're going to go on and and rail about the richest one percent. Then again, this goes both ways. Whether we're talking about extreme poverty or extreme affluence, then then focus on your district instead of just 
talking about it to a camera, go to your own districts and talk about the, the quality of life and, and the cost of living in these districts. But um, it's, it's, it's absolutely mad. So that's two extremes there. Yeah. You've got Pelosi representing the ultra-rich. You've got Elijah Cummings uh, representing the uh, ultra-poor, if you will. And, uh, you know, you guys, you guys could work together instead of just turning your guns on Trump. Yeah. Well, I saw one. There was one uh, guy on Twitter. He's a comedian who said, look, I grew up there for 27 years in Baltimore. If you come up with a plan and you need whatever, I'll show up. I'll be there to help. And then people were blasting him, saying, "You're a white male." How? And and there were white people there blasting. Him. You're you're a white See? male. How can you go in there and help? Well, first of all, you just assume the race of people that are living in these communities. It would, nothing was said about race. Just said, "I'm here and willing to help." I was, I was I was it was home for me. I grew up there 27 years. You know, now I've got this career and other, but I'll come back and help in any way that I can. That's the deal right there. That's the stupid, stupid thing. And let me tell you guys something else, by the way. First of all, I know people know Sean and, and, and Bougie and all that. Look, we don't we don't travel in in packs of conservatives. We don't think like that. Like I like open ideas. I like open. He's not a Republican, mm-hmm. not a conservative per se, I, and, and that's okay. But he's got common damn sense, sometimes. which is so, what yeah, I love about exactly. you. Sometimes, 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 which is what I love about you. Mm-hmm. I sat around my house all day waiting on you to get there. Because I missed you Aww. so bad. And oh, then we hugged. What? You know what? And I've invited him out for drinks multiple times. Yeah. And he continues to stand me up. Um, Nobody can like, find your house. Out. No, that's not fair. That's Pat's house. That's, that's Pat's lost. house. Yeah. Anyway. No, I, um, but no, that's serious. I, 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 uh, I'm not a Republican. Never have been. I've never, I've never signed on a, on a party line. I've never have and never will. It's not Won't about being it. Republican or not. I mean, Baltimore sucks. It sucks. I mean, just, just be sucks. honest with you. I've never been to Baltimore because I don't want to go there. I've always wanted to go to see the Yankees versus the Orioles. And I remember it's like, I'll go to Baltimore. People said, don't go to Baltimore. Don't go to Baltimore. Go to the stadium, but don't go outside. I mean, it's the same thing like the Bronx. You don't go to Yankee Stadium and say, hey, I'm going to hang around Yankee Stadium unless you know <laughs> you're, you know the neighborhood. <laughs> is it wrong for somebody to say don't hang around there? Yeah, it is rat infested. It's a city. There's rats everywhere in New York City. If somebody said the same thing about New York City, you're going to be butthurt about it? Yeah. I mean, that's the deal. I mean, you talk about sewer rats and. And they got big old, like, rat tongs they're holding these yeah. rats with. I mean, have you oh. seen these big old grippers? They get these things around the, the body, and they're holding them out, these rats in Baltimore. And, I mean, wow. it's nasty, dude. I got to see that You know what I need to do? I want to make a meme of uh, Joe Biden snuggled up behind a rat. That's what we need to do. <laughs> what about behind Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah. Oh, Baltimore. even better. It's ah, a good meme We're in right the Baltimore there. Orioles. It's a good meme. I like it. Jersey. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, and I want to tell you guys something. We're going to close on this, and I hope this offends you, and I hope it does it enough that it will make you think about it. Poverty is a spirit and a mindset. It is not a physical condition. Listen to what I'm telling you. Can people live in poverty? Yes, that is a phys- physical thing. But I promise you, poverty is a spirit and a mental condition. I can give you a million dollars. If you have a poverty mindset, you will be in poverty again in the space of a year. You will. Because money, a physical thing, does not change that spiritual, mental mindset of impoverishment. It doesn't. So you can throw all the money you want to at Baltimore. People have been, they have been brainwashed that they're supposed to be poor, that they are supposed to be unsuccessful, that they're supposed to live in squalor and filth. They don't know any different, and they believe that is their lot in life. It's a caste system that is absolutely, abjectly evil. And I'm telling you, that's what's got to change is the mindset. So stop all this garbage crap about you're this color, that color. Stop fighting a spiritual battle with physical arguments. It doesn't work. Okay, 
Keith Malinak, Special mm. Keith, Bougie Sean, <laughs> Party Foul Steve, Candice the Queen of the Ethiopians, and Party Foul. I mean, Puppet Master Mark, I'm sorry I almost <laughs> insulted you by calling you Party Foul. Uh, that was really hurt for a second there. Go to watchchad.com, go to blazetv.com slash humor, watch all the episodes of Humor Me because it's funny. We love y'all. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Um,